Greetings, thanks to God. This is Pastor Montalester, the senior pastor of the Cedar Grove Church right here on beautiful Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And once again, we welcome you into our site of sanctuary so that you can hear this sermon that's set by the Spirit of Lord uh, from our house to your house. Yes, Lord, we just thank God for all the great things he has done and continues to do in the life of a believer for such a time as this. And I'm grateful to God, grateful to God. Grateful to God for each and every one of you who are tuning in today. I believe you're not here by accident, but you're here by divine providence because the Spirit of the Lord has something significant that he wants to say and share to the saints in your home sanctuaries today. So we welcome you in and we thank you. We thank God for each and every one of you. Speaking of thankfulness, I want to give a special shout out to all the phenomenal, fantastic fathers all over the land. Yes, Lord, can we give God some praise for true fathers today? I know fathers down through the years in some cases have gotten a bad rap in many instances, but I thank God for what he's doing in the earth in this year. Yes, Lord, how in this season, how he's raising up me and reminding us of the blessing and the benefit of being called father. Yes, Lord, I, I'm a proud father of four, and I thank God for that privilege and that pleasure. So to all of my fathers out there, I want to say happy Father's Day to you. I pray God's blessings upon each and every one of you, and I pray that you're feeling celebrated on this Father's Day. So let's give God some praise for fathers. Amen. 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 I believe he's uh, representing, we're representing his image in the earth because some of you understand that he is a good, good father, and he cares for you. So we get ready to go to the word today. There's a word from heaven that I believe is timely. I believe that's a word from heaven that I believe speaks to the hearts and minds of our people and the things that we're seeing in our society on this day. So let us go to the word. I want to call your attention to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. That's our focus and our foundation. But I want to just lift up one verse that we will use as our anchor verse today. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. But let's call my attention to verse number 12. Verse number 12. That is our focus and our foundation today. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12. And when you have it, punch it through my face. Just shout, I got it. Hallelujah. I feel like I've got some folks in the house with me today. Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse number 12. The New King James translation reads as follows. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against power principalities, against powers, against the rules of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Amen. Uh, I'm going to pray, but Lord, I want to minister from the subject today, powers and principalities. Powers and principalities. Let us pray. Precious Lord, we praise you. We thank you for once again another opportunity to come and to present your word. Oh God, we thank you for all that you have done and all that you're doing in the earth. And I pray now that you would move, that you would minister, that you would uh, speak through me, oh God, that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart may be acceptable in thy sight, oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We ask it all in the name of Jesus. We pray. Somebody loves to shout, Amen. Amen. Somebody say powers and principalities. There's a battle going on. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, the Spirit of the Lord paints a picture of a battle that's going on. Some of you are quite familiar with the story. The Bible talks about a time when a little teenage boy stood before a huge, heavily armed warrior with a wealth of experience in conquering every foe. 
Hallelujah. That that battle, that warfare that I'm talking about, to tell between David and Goliath. And some of you know the story that David was an extreme underdog. Amen. He was an extreme underdog. As a matter of fact, uh, he comes up on the scene after the children of Israel had been taunted, had been beat down, had been uh, tested by the, the Philistines, their, their great enemy. And they had someone in their corner named Goliath. And some of you understand Goliath's resume. Uh, he had a long history uh, of being with the right equipment. Uh, he had lots of armor. As a matter of fact, because of his history, uh, the people of Israel were discouraged. They were despondent. And they were not only like that just for a day, but they were there for a long duration. For 40 days and for 40 nights, Goliath came out and he taunted the children of Israel. But I thank God today because of what he is sharing in this sermon series. He wants us to know that giants do fall. Amen. Giants do fall. Because believe it or not, even in the midst of all that was going on, all of the odds makers in Davis, hallelujah, they hit David at a thousand to one as an underdog. Hallelujah. But I believe they missed the mark. Uh, because they didn't understand that David has some secret weapons on his side. And the secret to his success, I believe, is found in 1 Samuel 17, verses 45 through 47, where David declared, You come to me with the sword and the spear and with the shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. And then David goes on to say, This day will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee, and I will give your carcass of, of the host of the Philistines this day to the fowl of the air, to the beast of the field, of, uh, and in the earth. And here it is, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And I just want to let you know uh, that the Spirit of the Lord wanted me to remind some and inform others that there is a God in Israel. And when we're facing giants, when we're sitting up in situations where it looks like we are the underdog, I want to let you know that the secret to our success is that we have a good corner man. There is a God in Israel that makes sure that we're undefeated in every situation. Amen. And the Lord wanted me to remind you today that giants do fall. Because just like in David's day, I believe we're in a similar situation right now today, where we see situations where uh, there are a lot of problems. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. There are a lot of situations that are going on. We're dealing with a deadly disease. We're dealing with uh, great depression. And we're dealing with great division in our lives, as we see in this country. Amen. But the Spirit of the Lord wanted me to remind you that giants do fall. Hallelujah. And although there's been a lot of discussion, there's been a lot of dialogue, there's been a lot of debate on what do we do about the situation that we're facing today. How do we handle the things that we're being presented with in the earth in this year of 2020? Hallelujah. But I want you to know that every time that we have a problem, does anybody know that God is still the answer? Amen. God can always, we can always look to God for the answer to whatever problem we have. And, and I know that the enemy desires to, desires to divide and to conquer us, but God said in John chapter 17, in one of his last messages that he sent to the, uh, his disciples before he went to the cross, hallelujah, is that he wanted us to be at one. He talked about him being as one with the Father. He wanted the body of Christ, the disciples, to come together as one. Amen. For us to be one, amen, to be able to come together 
in a way that we can face the enemy and conquer every situation that we're dealing with. But it brings me to my text today, because in this sixth chapter of the gospel, uh, this sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians, hallelujah, uh, the apostle Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, and he's telling them about a, a war that was going on and how to properly fight the war and the battle that they were facing. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we go deeper today? Uh, as we go through the text today, I want to highlight some things. Amen. I want to talk about, first of all, the source of the conflict. The source of the conflict. It is here that Paul gives this famous and phenomenal uh, passage of scripture uh, as he's talking to the church at Ephesus in this sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians. He says, finally, brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his life. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. First of all, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Amen. I want to talk about the source of the conflict. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, because going into battle, you must understand, first of all, your source. You must understand uh, your enemy, the person that you're fighting against. And what Paul is talking about here in this sixth chapter, hallelujah, he's telling us that our battle is not against flesh and blood. The battle is not against black versus white. The battle is not against protesters versus police. Uh, the battle is not against people who want to build up versus people who want to tear down. The battle is between powers and principalities. The battle is between evil and good. Catch that. The battle is between evil and good. And again, the first rule of war, we must understand our opponent. As a matter of fact, in the NFL, they spend all week long, uh, Brother Joseph, strategizing and trying to understand uh, what's going on with their opponent so that they can pick up on something they can keep on, so they can be able to uh, pick up on just anything that they would put them in an advantage over their opponent. And I believe today that a lot of people, uh, uh, as we've been going through this season, and, and every day when you turn on the TV, uh, people are going through and having a lot of discussions and dialogue about what we need to do about our situation. Hallelujah. But I believe sometimes we're missing the mark. Uh, uh, because believe it or not, we're fighting the wrong battle. Uh, the battle, again, is not against black and white, not protesters and police, hallelujah. Uh, we need to understand our battle is good versus evil, hallelujah. And, and when we have people, as Paul said, powers and principalities of spiritual wickedness in high places, what Paul is talking about there is systems and structures that are in place that need to be addressed. Can we go deeper to that? Yeah. Systems and structures, powers and principalities. In other words, people that have made decisions, uh, things that are in the legislature, in the laws of the land, hallelujah, uh, uh, that makes this situation that we're facing in America such a complex situation. I'm going deeper today. Fasten your seatbelt. Yes, Lord, prepare for takeoff because I, I don't want to lose you along the way. Yes, Lord. I'm talking about systems and structures. Some of you who are historians uh, or history buffs, you understand the importance of the 13th Amendment of the United States Constitution. In the 13th Amendment, that was the amendment that gave, uh, uh, that uh, abolished slavery. Uh, I'm going deeper to that. Uh, uh, 13th Amendment was the amendment to the Constitution that abolished slavery. Uh, and as a consequence uh, of that 
law coming down. Hallelujah. The enemy has been very intentional on putting laws in place to keep low-cost labor in place. I'm going somewhere. To keep low-cost labor in place. And because that law came down, there were other laws that came up. I'm talking about powers and principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. Uh, uh, people that made decisions. People that put systems and structures in place. Yes, Lord, to hold down some and to lift up others. Uh, to hold down some and to lift up others. Yes, Lord. The 13th Amendment. Yes, Lord. And because of that situation, uh, uh, because slavery was abolished, then we came into the problem, to the practice of putting Jim Crow laws. Yes, Lord, where we were trying to get low-cost labor. And what has happened is now, even today, in 2020, when people are seeing that a problem in, uh, between protesters and police, uh, they see the fruit of the issue. Uh, but in order to deal with the fruit, we must understand the root of the issue. Because again, the, uh, the objective, what we've seen down through the years is that because of that uh, desire for low-cost labor, we see that uh, people who pigment of their skin has been kissed by mother's son, hallelujah, by nature's son. We understand that people of brown and black skin uh, have often been uh, uh, the people who have been used in this season or in times down through the years, yes, Lord, to be the ones that would be the primary people that would provide low-cost labor. I'm going somewhere, yes, Lord. In the midst of all of that, yes, uh, people, uh, that's why you see that we're a small portion of the population of the United States of America, but we're a large part of the population when you look at prisons. Yes, Lord. Uh, it's 13% of the U.S. population, but 70% of prison population. And as a consequence, that is not by accident. With the things that you see today with policing and protesting, that's not by accident. That is because of powers and principalities, systems and structures that have been put in place, hallelujah, with the intention of creating a low-cost labor situation. And I'm going to let you know today that even in the midst of that, uh, because of what's going on, hallelujah, uh, the problem is not against black versus white. Let me make that very, very clear. Because believe it or not, I believe the Bible, the, the, uh, in order to properly identify and conquer what we're facing today, we need to understand the source of the conflict. The source is good versus evil. It's not black versus white. Because believe it or not, many, many of your family are just like my family. Many of uh, your friends are just like my friends. Just so we, we have friends and we have family uh, uh, that is multicultural. Uh, we have mixed families that come from different backgrounds. Just for black and white, we have uh, a First Nation, uh, not mistakenly called the American Indian, but First Nation. We got all types of people that's in my family as well as in your family. Not only that, in your circle of influence. As a matter of fact, there are good people, catch this, on both sides of the issue. Goodness and evil does not come in one package. Uh, uh, there are people that are good uh, in black, brown skin and white skin. There are people that are evil in brown skin and white skin. Hallelujah. And the battle that we must understand, the thing that we're facing today is we must understand that it's good versus evil. It's powers and principalities. It's spiritual wickedness in high places. And in order for us to properly fight the battle, we must find not only the fruit, we must not look at just the fruit, but we must look at the root. We got to properly identify, confront, and conquer the root. And again, the root is good versus evil. And when you have spiritual witness, when you have people that are 
good making legislation. When you have people that are led by the spirit of Christ, just Lord, uh, uh, versus the spirit of the enemy, that's when we have good laws that have helped us down through the years, just Lord. And just like back then in Davis, they, when they were fighting a battle for, for 40 days and for 40 nights, some of you said, we've been fighting this battle for 401 years, but, but I just believe today that giants do fall. I do believe today that God is still on the throne, and, and if we understand the source of the conflict, hallelujah, that we can have some success in the conflict. Amen. I believe that God will move. I do believe that God will do some things, hallelujah, to change the legislation that, that will change uh, some things. Because believe it or not, you can't legislate love. Let me make sure that's perfectly clear. Uh, you can't legislate love, but I just believe that love can change legislation. And I just believe today that if we have the right people who have the right heart, I'm talking to the body of Christ today, yes, uh, as Paul talked about uh, uh, in, in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, uh, he talks about that. He talks about people in the body of Christ uh, that have the right heart. Hallelujah. Regardless of the color of your skin, regardless of your background, regardless of your political affiliation, that if we are in the same situation where we have the right heart, that we can get some things done. I just believe giants do fall. Does anybody believe that with me today? So not only do we talk about the source of the conflict, uh, the source of the conflict, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's not flesh and blood. It's powers and principalities, spiritual wickedness and happiness. It's not only the source of the conflict. Paul goes on today and he gives a two-point solution to the solution for the conflict. Yes, Lord, uh, the, the solution. The strategy for the conflict. And, and the two-part solution, the uh, first part is talking about the suit in the conflict. Somebody say the suit in the conflict. Amen. Uh, Paul goes on to say to put on the whole armor of God. Verse 13. That you may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, uh, he says, go, go on verse 4, therefore, having girded your waist with truth and the breastplate of righteousness, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking on, taken on uh, the shield of faith, which you may be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Verse 17, and the helmet of salvation, which is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He talks about the suit in the conflict. Uh, in other words, the way we need to dress for the battle. And some of you understand that you can't fight uh, natural, spiritual battles with natural weapons. We can't fight spiritual battles with natural weapons. Yes, Lord, we can't fight spiritual battles with bricks and bombs. We have to fight it in the spirit. Uh, Paul goes on to say that the weapons of our warfare are not power, but are mighty towards the pulling down of strongholds. If we want to see true change in our country, true change in our society, if we want to see true healing uh, for the disease, for the dilemma, for the division, uh, for the depression that we're experiencing in this society, what I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying today is that we have to put on the right suit. And going back to uh, David in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, we understand being dressed properly for the occasion. Because some of you understand that David uh, was offered the wrong suit. Mm. Uh, as a matter of fact, King Saul said, you know what, uh, since you are going to fight Goliath, uh, since you are going to go into this battle, uh, I want you to put on my armor because I've been in battles before. 
uh, uh, I know what it means to stand face to face and eye to eye with an enemy. And I know how to take down an enemy. So as a consequence, David, I'm going to give you my armor. I want you to put on this suit uh, that I have that I've used time and time again. But does anybody know that, uh, uh, that the weapons of our warfare are not armed? Uh, in other words, they're not natural uh, towards the pulling out of strongholds. We need to put on spiritual armor. And that's what Paul is talking about here uh, in these verses right here in Ephesians chapter 6, where he says, put on the whole armor of God. What is that? It is the suit for the conflict. Yes, Lord. And Paul goes on to talk about the belt. He talks about the breastplate. He talks about the boots. And he even talks about the blade. He talks about the suit for the conflict. Uh, the belt. He talks about having your loins girded with uh, the belt of truth. Yes, Lord. He talks about the breastplate. He talks about the breastplate of righteousness. Hallelujah. He talked about the boots. Yes, Lord. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He even talked about the blade, yes, uh, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And some of you understand, I'm a Bible preacher. Yes, I believe in the word of God. I, I believe the grass will live the flower of faith. I believe that the word of our God shall stand forever. I believe that if we need anything, anytime we have an answer, a problem in any situation, we can go to the word. Yes, and the word always gives us what we need. And I believe the word is what we need today as it relates to how do we fight the strategies? How do we uh, come up with this complex uh, uh, puzzle of what we need to do? It can be found in the word of God. Hallelujah. Again, this is, the source is good and evil, and if we want to understand that, we need to understand what the word of God says about this situation. Because as we look to God, again, uh, Proverbs 3 and 5, here it is again, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thy own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct our path. Yes, Lord, we understand the source of the conflict. Yes, Lord, it's between good and evil. Yes, Lord, those that desire to do what God has said versus those that are leaning towards their own understanding, their own evil in their hearts. And, and when we get a heart change, I believe that's when we get a legislation change. But in order to get that, hallelujah, we need to understand what we need to do as it relates to dressing for the battle, yeah, the suit in the conflict, hallelujah. And last but not least, as I get ready to take my suit today, yes, Lord, uh, understanding as we face these giants that we're facing today in our society, uh, understanding the source of the conflict. And Paul goes on to talk about the strategy for the conflict. And the two-part strategy is first of all having the suit in the conflict, and then the last part here is having the supplication for the conflict. Uh, the supplication for the conflict. I'm in verse number 18. Uh, he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Amen. Prayer in the conflict. And I understand, I understand, I understand. Yes, Lord, I, I know people are saying, blessed, I know you could have come up with something deeper than that. Uh, I know you could have come up with something with this complex battle, this, this giant that we're facing. Uh, uh, you're coming again with prayer. Yes, I am. <laughs> I, I'm guilty. I stand accused. I'm guilty as charged. I'm coming again with prayer. Uh, because some of you 
I have no, know that uh, prayer does work and prayer changes things. Uh, but I believe some people may not understand that. But can I just go deeper about this thing called prayer? Uh, and as Paul calls it, uh, supplication uh, in the spirit. Yes, uh, supplication. That's just uh, the supplication of conflict. That's just a big word for prayer. Uh, because we've often seen, just here recently, uh, we've been reminded of the impact of taking a knee. I'm going somewhere that yes. Uh, the impact of taking a knee. Yes, Lord. Uh, many of you have seen uh, that horrifying tape where, where eight minutes and 46 seconds where uh, that cop in Minnesota took a knee and put his knee on the, uh, on the neck of Brother George Floyd. And, and because of that knee that he took, he snuffed the life out of a man. Amen. The impact of taking a knee. And some of you understand that down through the history, just, for, just uh, four years ago, there was a, a lot of uproar about Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. Yes, Lord, he, he, during the national anthem, uh, he was taking a knee in protest about the brutal police brutality that was happening in that time. Yes, Lord. And I know a lot of people were upset and tried to twist the story to say that he was protesting against the flag, protesting against the United States, but, but don't get it twisted. Hallelujah. I believe Colin Kaepernick was on to something because he wasn't talking about the flag. He wasn't talking about the, uh, 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 the, the, the country. He was talking about the police brutality that was taking place during that time. As a consequence, he took a knee to create a to bring attention to that situation. Does anybody know there's power in taking a knee? Uh, the impact of taking a knee. Because if cops can take a knee and take life, hallelujah. If Kaepernick can take a knee and bring attention, hallelujah. What will happen when Christians take a knee? Amen. And that's what Paul is talking about right here. He's talking about Christians taking a knee. Yes, Lord. The power of prayer. Yeah. With all prayer and supplication. Yes, Lord. Amen. In the spirit, being watchful to this end with perseverance and supplication for the saints. Amen. In other words, that's the job of the Christian. If we want this job to fall, amen, we must understand powers and principalities only fall when we take a knee. Amen. He talks about the practice of prayer. Yeah. Believe it or not, few people practice this thing called prayer. Amen. Sometimes we don't even pray before we bless our food. Amen. The practice of prayer. He only goes on to talk about the parts of prayer. He says with prayer and supplication. Amen. Uh, prayer is supposed to be part of praise. Guess what? In other words, you tell God thanksgiving. Uh, and supplication is what you're making. Guess what? That's what you ask for. The stuff that you need. And if you want prayer to be powerful, you need prayer and supplication. Guess what? You need prayer and petition. You don't just ask God for all that stuff without telling him thank you. And somebody knows that if you talk to God the right way, amen, God will do some things up. He will Mountains up. He will walls to fall because you know how to give prayer and thanksgiving. As a matter of fact, some of us fathers know that even our children know the importance of, of talking to their earthly father the right way. Amen. My daughters know how to work me. They learn that at a young age. Yes, Lord. And believe it or not, they still doing it even to this day. Amen. The practice of prayer. The parts of prayer. Amen. Even the perseverance in prayer. Amen. Because he talks about with all perseverance. Uh, uh, praying, 
this for it. In other words, there are times that when it looks like bread is not doing anything, it looks like nothing is changing, it looks like we've been in this same battle for much too long. But does anybody know that if you persevere in prayer, just like that persistent with uh, pray one more prayer, uh, continue talking to God, uh, because he may not come when you want it, uh, but somebody knows that he's always uh, on time. Guess what? Because even after the cause of prayer, yeah, the perseverance of prayer, yeah, and the practice of prayer, the thing that I know is power in prayer. Guess what? Prayer still works. Guess what? Praying in the spirit, but because we got to practice power and principality with spiritual weapons, yeah, praying in the spirit, amen. Hallelujah. If you understand your Bible, you understand there's power, guess what, in prayer. Uh, the Bible talks about it. Paul talks about it in Philippians chapter 4 when he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Uh, let your uh, request be known unto God with prayer and earnest and thanksgiving. And, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. Uh, Paul understood it, but Peter understood it too. Because y'all understand, remember the time that Peter was locked up in jail. Yes, Lord. And the, the, uh, their rise, uh, that killed uh, Jesus' brother James, amen, with the sword. Uh, but the Bible said that the church made prayer uh, without ceasing. And believe it or not, while the church was at home praying, guess what? God was listening to prayer and he had unlocked the door and Peter had came and knocked on the door. And I just want to tell somebody today that what you're praying for, yes, what you're praying for is knocking at the door. There's power in prayer, huh?
And this strategy is this, it's two part. First of all, you need to put on the right suit. Dress for the occasion. I know you may have your Sunday best on on Sunday, but that's not what you wear on every week. If you're going swimming, uh, if you're going jogging, uh, you dress for the occasion. And that thing, if you're going for a job interview, you dress for the occasion. And now when we get the situation where we're facing giants in our way, we gotta dress for the occasion. It's for put on the right boots. Put on the right breastplate. It's for put on the right belt. Yes, Lord, uh, understand the suit, the suit and the conflict. And not only that, the most important piece of the suit, what we're emphasizing today, is the supplication for the conflict. And that's prayer. Does anybody know the prayer still works? Does anybody know that prayer still works? There's still power in prayer. As we persevere in prayer, as we press our way in prayer, God still answers prayer. And I don't know about you, but I, I can personally testify that there's power in prayer. When I look at my life today, Lord have mercy. When I look at how God has been good, and I must testify, God has been good to Monty Lester. He's made a way out of no way. He's moved mountains, he's called giants to fall. And I felt like David had been in a situation because I didn't feel like I was properly equipped in every battle that I faced. But believe it or not, I had a secret weapon too. From my earliest beginnings, uh, I knew how to pray. I knew how to call on the name of the Lord. And I can testify today when I, when I look at my wife, a wife that my man couldn't get. Hallelujah. And every week she reminds me, the Lord reminds me that prayer still works. When I look at my four little children, amen. Intelligent, happy, healthy, holy, animal. That's what we pray for as a union. Yes, Lord. And I want you to know that prayer still works. And even when I look at the little material trinkets of how God has stretched things and, and made ends meet when ends wasn't even waiting. Hallelujah. When I look at the things that I'm going out the list that how God has blessed you with some things. And I want you to know today that God doesn't care if you have things. He doesn't want things to have you. But God will bless you with some things. Yes, Lord, he's blessed me, and I know I'm not the only one. But believe it or not, prayer works today. And prayer even works with things that money cannot even buy. There's some things that money can't buy, but God knows that he will bless you with peace. He'll bless you with provision. He'll bless you with protection. He'll bless you with whatever that's on the altar today. But you got to trust him today. And that's why I'm standing here. And I don't think I'm the only one. I know somebody else is standing where you are. Hallelujah. I'm not the only one that showed up for, uh, uh, for registration that didn't have tuition in your pocket. I know I'm not the only one that went to school for a week or two without even having books. But when you look back over the pages of your life, and you realize how God has blessed you, how God has made a way out of your way, I just want to let you know there's power in prayer. Yes, Lord. The supplication of the conflict. Keep on praying. Keep on trusting God. God will do just what he said that he would do. He'll make a way. He'll move mountains. He'll cause walls to fall. If you trust him. The word of God for the people of God. And the people of God did say amen. Amen. We're going to worship today. I still got the worship team here today. And I just want to remind you that God will make a way today. Yes, Lord. When our backs are against the wall. Yes. And it looks like it's over. Yes. Yes. The God I serve, I was impressed about it. Yes. 
That's why we're standing here.